Hey everyone, this is Dahlia from Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Alma had the opportunity to meet with the filmmaker behind a new and exciting Kickstarter project that launched earlier this month. As of this morning, the day that this podcast episode originally came out and was published, we saw that they reached their goal. Congratulations to Miguel Martinez and film crew. We hope that by sharing this interview and their Kickstarter project, that more people will come out and support this and more films like it from Latinos, POC, and other underrepresented groups. If you are listening to this podcast episode after the Kickstarter has ended, feel free to follow Miguel Martinez on his Twitter so you can see all the progress updates on Lechuza, a proof of concept horror film by Miguel Martinez. And now on to the interview. This is Alma with A Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Dalia will not be joining us today, and we have two very special guests that I wanted to squeeze into our um, podcast to get it out to everybody as soon as possible. And Dalia's very busy RN schedule did not allow her to join us tonight. So um, we have with us Miguel Martinez and also Camille Craig with a very cool and new Kickstarter that is launched already. And when does it end again? On the 23rd, I believe. On we the have 23rd? nine days left. Oh, okay. Nine days left. And yeah, I saw so that like you're... 22nd, 23rd, yeah. Oh, okay. So I saw that it was very close to the, um, like, the 10,000 uh, goal. So, I yeah, I checked on it right before I got on here, and that is so cool. Um, I actually came across the uh, Lechusa because I was looking up scary stories, um, <laughs> because recently I had asked one of my sisters if she could share one for our podcast that she had, and we were telling Duende stories, and then I recalled the uh, Lechusa story that my abuelita had told me when I was little. So while I was Googling Lechusa, I was like looking for scary stories, and I came across the Kickstarter. And then I went on Twitter and was trying to see if you were on there, and that's how I found you, and you had been sharing your Kickstarter. So um, first of all, I'll give a quick introduction of Miguel first. Uh, he is the uh, CEO and founder of Freakish Films. I went to that website and I thought it was really great because there's a bunch of the films, the independent films that you've helped to uh, share. It's a full service specialized film studio focusing on independent film and giving good films solid distribution that don't get enough recognition. Um, he is the CEO and co-founder or founder of um, 
that um, Freakish Films. Also, you began your film career in 2010, directing and producing several short features and commercials, as well as working on some network television as a production assistant and a camera assistant on programs such as Remdesto Dawn and Ken Burns' 10th Inning. Um, you moved into a more of a producer role when you funded, directed, and produced a miniseries called The Widow and the Viper. See, no way to get out of the public out into the public, Mickey, or Miguel, um, distributed the film himself and found success. After moving to Los Angeles in 2016, Miguel shortly found work at the international film company Cinema Libre Studio and learned more about the world of production and distribution. Um, I thought that was really great that I found that because it was talking about getting out films and we so often come across so many independent films and things that other people haven't heard of and we're always like how are we going to share those stories that maybe people haven't seen or underrepresented and i read that and it's like everything in there is exactly um kind of like what we try to do with our podcast as well um also oh, cool. a Camille Craig is with us, the sound engineer for um, the movie, and she is a freelance uh, creative and audio engineering and music production graduate from the Center of Arts and Technology uh, in Kelowna. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Uh, okay. I saw that you were based in Calgary, Al Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, my husband is from there. That's where he moved from before he came down to Texas. Um, you have so much work in the sound field. I saw you had work in various fields of audio, uh, sound design, editing. Uh, you go from editing podcasts, independent films, sound effects, voiceover recording, um, conversion of physical media into digital media. Um, I saw, oh my gosh, I was just watching another show and it reminded me of that. And I was like, you do, you are really all over that, um, all that. So both of you very experienced, have a lot of background work. And I find that a lot of a really interesting most of the time because people who have like a lot of work, like on the ground floor, and then they move up and then they expand into other things. Now I want to talk specifically about this film, um, that you have already written um, if anybody wants to visit, we'll be sure at, at the end, we're going to make sure that we share all your contacts, the Kickstarter information, but specifically, can you tell us about this short film that you are ready to make? It's called Lechusa, just Lechusa? Yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, well, first of all, you see, you, uh, you made struggling for 13 years sound like really interesting and fun. So that was, that's good. Um, but the 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 actual short, the actual film Lachusa started as a feature, and it started as sort of a, uh, the the very very origins of it are is a feature I was I wrote that was very much like the craft, and it, it was interesting and it, it was doing what I wanted it to do, which was talk about the loss of a matriarch in in the family and how that affects that actually affects the family. I've, I've seen a lot of media where it's essentially like, oh, funerals bring people together, but that, that's never been my experience. My experience has always been whenever you, someone important is lost, that sort of bring, tears people apart. And uh, I wanted to make a movie about that sort of idea and how to repair it and everything. And so like when when I, I sort of finished that the craft version of it, uh, mm -hmm. People were telling me that it's it's that didn't seem authentic, mm 
to what your my experience was, which is to make it more um, more about like the Latino experience. And mm-hmm. and that's when I realized, oh no, I messed up. This isn't witchcraft. This is brujeria. Mm-hmm. And th- th- that's that's the basis of it. And so I changed it into brujeria. And when it changed, I, it needed a different antagonist. And the antagonist turned into uh, uh, La Latusa because that is something I grew up with. And my dad uh, lived, lived in a, a farm in Mexico, a ranch in Mexico. And he had all these stories about Latusa. And he would tell me all of them. And I did research and I found a version of La Latusa that I thought would really, really fit this. And it... Um, I stuck it in and it worked perfectly because it feels new. It feels like something fresh, even though it's mm-hmm. a really old story. And, and the, that's, that's just something that I, it's, it's a version of the story that I really wanted to tell. And okay. it took a long time to get there. Um, I like that you said that because to us, um, I'm also Mexican and um, we have may have heard the story a lot, different versions, different variations. Um, we have, grown up with a lot of folklore superstitions that a lot of people you know aren't uh, haven't heard of and then usually when you see stories um you know it's with our uh show specifically i'm not sure if you're too familiar with it we um are strictly devoted to the horror genre like we are uh really focused on um also featuring and uplifting creatives and movies from underrepresented people. We're trying to show more diversity. Um, We had a whole season that we did just on people of color. This season we're working on women of horror and every season we we feature like, you know, an underrepresented group, somebody that we want to share more stories with. So this, that is why I thought this was so interesting. We have some stories come out, coming out recently and movies, but a lot of people aren't familiar with those. For instance, like Wasera, the Bone Woman, that movie that just featured that just um, was released last year, and it talks about the Bone Woman in it, and it's a horror movie, and it is the way that the director writer brought forth the story of this woman's, you know. Um, how she's dealing with trying to be a new mother and sticking with everything everybody is telling her to do. And she uses that folklore to tell the story of this woman um, and trying to break free from everything that everybody is putting on her. So I can see why it's important to do stories like this because it's a new way of introducing things, but it's also I saw specifically, and I love the way that you wrote that, uh, wrote that you um, had listed about using it as a form of catharsis, the storytelling. And we do see a lot of stories, a lot where people are like, they're breaking up because of it, doing something and bringing in a new twist, but also it's, it's new. It's new to a lot of people. And do you mind if I read the synopsis that I found for your film? Okay. Okay, Uh, it says, because Gabby's life has ended, her mother dies in front of her and she refuses to cope. The only people left in Gabby's life are her sisters who bring out the worst in each other. Upon learning how deep magic really goes, Gabby's curiosity gets the better of her and she attempts to cross the line and resurrect her dead mother. Now, you wrote, did you have to come up with, um, I see that you already have 
Oh, wow. I just, I'll ask you about that really quick. But um, for the short itself, is there, um, did you have to, did you write the short first and then uh, work on the feature length part or was it in reverse? Um, well, I, I wrote the, fe the feature first. Oh. And so we, I, I had the feature, the feature's done. It's pretty far along like draft wise. It's, it's pretty, pretty much done. And then um, uh, for one of the drafts, I realized that I needed different eyes on it. Like I needed, I need the, the, there, there's a, one of the sisters uh, is, uh, is disabled. She's in a wheelchair. And I, I realized like, oh, I, I have this idea because my, my mother was in a wheelchair for basically all my life. And um, I have this idea of a conversation that we had once where she was talking about how it's funny because she didn't feel like she was in control of her life and she's physically not in control of her life. Like she needs to be moved around by, by people. And she, she found that irony, she found that ironic. And uh, I, I had that idea of how to turn that into like something very, very physical and very tangible. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure how to how, if I if I was approaching it in the right way, and so I had a I had a friend that I had met through uh, through like through writing and through like attending these different writing conferences, and uh, her name's Valerie Frederick, and I asked her, hey, can you read this, and tell me it, like call out, if I'm if it's bullshit, just call me out on it, and uh, she had a lot of really really interesting notes that I took and. She was like, hey, I want to be a part of this. Like, can, can I help produce this? And so she jumped on as a producer. And that really, really helped because it was, uh, I brought on, more producers came on, but essentially the ideas were, um, can you turn this feature into a short? And can you keep, like, how would that look like? And so we watched a lot of shorts that um, that led into features because the idea is to, is to sell the story as a short and then turn it into a feature. And that's that's where that came from and it was more like uh it was more like how do we do this right now and how, how do we step turn this into a feature later mm -hmm. i like that you said that because that was part of the questions i was going to ask and how you came up in the this the process and how um how about you camille how did you join in like um i was specific at like are you all friends or is this something like a family and friends project or how did you all meet and how did you uh, come to join the project as well. Yeah. Um, so I believe, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Canadian on the team, oh. <laughs> um, which is pretty exciting. Um, so piggybacking perfectly off of Mickey, um, I actually met Valerie, well, I haven't met any of the team in real life, um, so we've all just met virtually, but um, quite a few years ago, uh, Valerie and I had met online. Uh, we were both, both born with the same physical disability called arthrogryposis, and um, there's not a huge ton of us, but a lot of us are online, um, and so that's kind of how we met. I knew that she was a writer, um, and then me doing sound, uh, so we just followed each other on social media and just kind of kept in touch with each other. Um, and then she had posted on some of the groups that she was looking for an actress that was a wheelchair user. And I said, well, that's not me, but I would love to 
talk about post-production and getting involved and she's like oh girl I already I, I knew it. I was gonna send you a message and I was already thinking of you um, so it's just so exciting to be involved in a project that yeah is a little bit I guess not necessarily disability centric but that we mm -hmm. do have a lot of that diversity going on in the film and also behind the scenes Oh, that's great. And that's wonderful that you uh, mentioned you were specifically looking for an actor who was in a wheelchair, you said? For that role? Yeah, well, and it was it was it was also really important to, to Valerie. She she had a very specific set of criteria of who what of the actress and um, she was looking for something very specific when it came to who she wanted to cast as, as, as the, as the actress. And, um, I, I just kind of followed her lead on that one is, I guess, mm -hmm. all I could say. <laughs> well, that's, I was mentioning it because a lot of times we see people who, in, um, they take roles. They usually, uh, when we say diversity, it's, it's good to see it in front and behind the camera. Um, also because people are, get seen more, you know, sometimes we're like somebody might be, um, using ASL in a movie, but they had to learn for the movie and it represents the people better i think when you have a person with that uh personal um like it's already something um that that person already uses and and that way we are sharing more because we're all different kinds of people <laughs> and that's why when we say when i saw this i was like oh this is this is a mexican mexican american story i was like of course i'm gonna be like uh ooh, like me i want to see me and people want to see themselves when they see these projects they love we all want to get seen of course you know every every project every movie can be fun and exciting and you know we're going to see things that are interesting to us but it's also that special thing of seeing ourselves on camera and seeing the people behind the camera who are like us that actually represent the population better because there's no just one group of people anywhere we're seeing different kinds of people everywhere so why not see that in the movies that we're you know that we're making and watching so i saw that you have done a lot of work already and you're ready to shoot the short already yeah i mean um we we did most of the pre-production we have most of the crew we have all the crew i think we're, we're, we're mm -hmm. done um and everything's everything's pretty everything's pretty set uh i need some more meetings with like a cinematographer our cinematographer and mm -hmm. some more like storyboard stuff but everything's pretty 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 set and um uh we, we had some meetings with camille and camille seems really excited and ready with like her side of it i don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about like what you have prepared i guess or what, what if, how ready you think you are oh yes yeah. i think i, I think mean, people want to of... hear <laughs> I'm sorry, because we're yeah, in a little bit of delay. Of, I didn't mean to talk over you. No worries. Oh, no, no. it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of my role sort of starts when the film is done or when the short is shot and has been edited together, everything like that. Generally, the last thing to happen after I see it is it gets colorized. But other than that, like everything is finished when I see it. Um, and then I basically start 
adding in sounds where I feel there needs to be a bit more and then simple things like Foley footsteps, things like that. Um, and then kind of the more creative design of it, which will be like what the witches actually sounds like um, and sort of some of the things that happen uh, to the girls and sort of what, yeah, what that world will sound like. Uh, so a lot of it, I mean, I've, I've brainstormed what I can from reading the script, um, but a lot of it definitely comes from watching the visual of it and just sort of noting like where the punch-ups can kind of be added in and the, the scary parts can really hit. Yeah, and I, I, don't, oh, yeah. Know if, I don't know if any, anyone's ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, horror movies without sound design, but like that's, the, that's not scary at all. That's why people talk about like, <laughs> That's why people talk about if you're watching a horror movie and you don't want to be scared, don't cover your eyes, cover your ears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Because um, I am constantly mentioning movies that I find the sound and I'm not I'm not lying at all or stretching this truth. I love it when a movie gets you so well because of the sounds that are going on it. One of my favorite old movies is The Haunting and that movie, the original, is um, it just terrified me when I was a kid because of the sounds of the pounding and the doors moving and all those little things add to a very good sound design is what really builds up like the suspense, the tension, the, the scariness. And I'm already imagining like, what is La Lechusa going to sound like? Like, <laughs> like is it going to be, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of different stories like um, babies crying or an old woman talking um like uh calling to you in the night and stuff like that so i kind of like letting my imagination run away with me on what's going to happen with it but we because of this show um i started watching a lot of shorts too because it's like oh this was a short first let me go watch that and also uh joining in some of the festivals where we were able to vote on shorts it's like some things are make really good shorts and then some of them you're like oh i need to see this as a feature length film like this is what i need to see and so that's where i learned about you know how people do um, make the, the shorts and then use that as a proof of concept so that they can make feature films so hopefully we do get to see this because i read every little detail that you'd written like like you had your your team the makeup i saw the mask that um, you already have for La Lechusa. And I was like, yeah, I can see this. And I really hope that we can, uh, that you get it, you know, <laughs> you make, get all your money and that everybody backs it so that it could be made timely. Cause I saw that you even have dates set for shooting. So you're yeah. just like, you're just like waiting, like, come on people. <laughs> um, I saw a, um, yeah, oh, yeah the, it was really important. Money. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was just going to mention that I had, uh, like, do you have a story of the Lechusa? Or is this just something that you just heard other people tell stories? I, I don't have a first person account, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't really have a first person account. I, um, I, 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 I believe in a lot of the things up to a point where I believe it enough to not mess with it. Like, there I believe <laughs> in a lot of things enough to just not mess with them. Um, I, uh, um, I remember like a lot of the times when I'm like talking to like, like, like an altar or like talking or there's like 
uh, it's either like praying to like ancestors or something. A lot of the thing is, I believe in you enough to ask you to not show up in front of me <laughs> because I don't think I could handle that right now. And mm-hmm. I've, 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 I've honestly said that like maybe like 20 times in my life. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I've been like, Hey, I believe in you enough to, to ask you to not show up in front of me. Cause that, cause that's, it's too much. Um, so I believe in, I believe in things like Lela Chusa enough to, to like, if I heard it outside, I wouldn't go. Um, <laughs> but I have stories like, like, I've looked into my dad's eyes and when my dad is telling me like, Hey, like I saw this thing when I was uh, a kid, he, he, uh, he heard like noises outside of his, outside of his, uh, bedroom door. And he had just gotten a fight with his parents and he like snuck out and, uh, it was like a big, big owl and he never seen an owl that big. So he like went to follow it and it was hopping from branch to branch. And mm-hmm. then he like was able to like get close enough to it in the moonlight that he saw that it had wrinkles on its face, like an old woman. Mm-hmm. And then his dad ran outside with a shotgun and shot it, and it just flew away. And then his dad like explained to him what it was, and that like, like you have to be really careful right now because it it now now it like saw you and stuff. So like that 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 was that's always crazy, and 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 I know that like a lot of a lot of like these folk tales in Mexican culture are more mm-hmm. about like telling kids not to do something like don't go play in a running river at night or and mm-hmm. then they make up this monster that would like drown you and that's really mean by the way just yeah. all these monsters are just really mean uh but um uh, and i think there are versions of lila chusa that are about um telling kids to not practice brujeria, like the like the dangers of that and uh I, that's the kind of version that i liked and that's the kind of version that we kind of use here um, my, my, my older sister is the one who's the better storyteller, but, um, just like you said, I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I try to say like, I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in ghosts and things like that. And here I am, I'm just surrounded by superstition and ghosts and horror all the time, but I do not, like, I would never say there isn't something because I'm afraid that that thing will come for me because I said that, and I don't want to mock it either. Like, <laughs> I love, we love telling stories and stuff like that. I think it's really important to share these things because they're also part of our culture. Um, like that dog barking. About that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's it's great to oh, learn God. these things. <laughs> but we we share them and I and I love that because somebody made that up and it's just like our oral history. It's like these stories that we pass down. My mother did not like for me to get scared by my abuelita. My abuelita would always try to scare us to go to sleep. Um, you know, get in bed before the cuckoo gets you. Uh, you know, don't go out because La Llorona is going to find you and she's going to take you. And all that kind of stuff. And my mother would tell her, don't be telling her those scary stories because then she can't go to sleep. Because it's like doing the opposite. <laughs> it's like it's keeping you up. But I mentioned the storytelling thing because one night I saw a big owl. And the thing about it is that owls, especially like barn owls, are big and they're really creepy looking on their own. You don't need to like add any special effects to a an owl. Like, have you ever seen their feet and their legs? They're gnarly. And when they lift up their feathers, they have like little, you know, feathered legs and stuff. And they look really big. And at night, if you think about it, you're seeing shadows and everything like that. So I had seen like a huge like owl and, and I rarely see owls, but I know they're out there. And my Walita was like, don't, you know, don't look at it and no, never, ever, you know, 
answer them if they call out to you because they try to take you. And if they're calling to you, it's because you're awake. If you hear it, it's because you're awake and you should be asleep. So her telling me this Lechusa story was trying to get me to be quiet and go to sleep. <laughs> but instead, it just like kind of does the opposite. It's like it's not telling me. It's scaring me. Now I know that there's some witch lady out there. I mean, she went into detail telling me like this is a witch it's not a real owl. And I'm like, how do you tell the difference here? I'm just asking my way. They're like, what's the difference between a regular owl and La Lechusa? Like, what Like, what should I be listening for? And she's like, don't listen to, don't answer anything that's calling your name. Or if it sounds like a baby. And I'm like, what if it is a real baby? You know, like, I just kept asking more and more questions. And I can see why she's trying to get me to go to bed. Because I talk too much and <laughs> ask too many questions. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> this one, I think, was I haven't seen a movie of anything like this, so I hope you do. If I look right now, I was I was gonna look it up to see how close you are to your Kickstarter. But where can people go to find it? So that way, um, I'm gonna attach it also in the show sure. notes for this interview. But go ahead and share us everywhere we can find the um, Kickstarter and your personal and if you don't mind sharing the, you know, official uh, socials for this. Yeah. Uh, so the the you can find Lech- the Lechusa stuff. So um, on Instagram, you can go to Lechusa Film. So it's at Lechusa Film, mm-hmm. uh, or you can type in lechusafilm.com, and that'll that that is just a redirect to the Kickstarter. Uh, and so that's really cool. Uh, for me personally, you can find me at Macabre Martinez on Twitter and Instagram, and that's it for me. Oh, okay. Great. And Camille, do you want to share your um, socials also if anybody wants to come find somebody to do their editing work, voiceover work? You have a very yeah, nice voice sure. too, so I can see you doing that. Come Thank, on. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, you can find me at my website is ccatsound, so C-K-A-T sound dot C-A up here in Canada. Um, and then my uh, Instagram handle is at Pinotessa, uh, P-I-N-O-T-E-S-S-A. It's a nickname I had for myself when I was like three, and I wouldn't answer to any other name, but we don't know Oh why. my God, I was going to ask. That's yeah, a you though. <laughs> yeah, no idea. It's just, I was like adamant that that was my name. I wouldn't answer to anything else for a while, and it's been a mystery ever since. <laughs> That's cute. I, I like it. that. okay now um specifically like what are some of the um rewards i know that people give um for donors for their kickstarter um do you have a few uh yeah so um we have a the first one being a digital short for 15 dollars, and you just get a copy of the short uh we don't think we're actually going to release this until until sometime at a later date so we don't know Mm -hmm. so so uh for for the for the for the uh, foreseeable future, this is like the only way to see it. Oh, is okay. Through the is to is to like the rewards. Um, we have let's see, we have a cast. We we have a, a director Q and A because I had a lot of people ask me uh, not just questions about this Kickstarter, but I've had a lot of other Kickstarters that have done really well, and so people have wanted me to answer questions about Kickstarters, and so I'm gonna have a Q and A for like that and a Q and like talking about Lechusa stuff. So that's fun. Um, we have a reward for like a, D- a DVD because uh, we wanted to print out just 
one run of DVDs because you can't really sell short film DVDs. But we wanted to print out a run of DVDs exclusively for Kickstarter, only only going to be gotten by the people who you know backed us, and so that's always fun. Um, okay. As for for audio wise, we have a a reward that's a be in the film. So all the film is cast. We don't have really have roles to cast to mm-hmm. give people in the film, but uh, there are some instances where um, we can add in uh, voiceovers or like little not voiceovers but like. Uh, like voice roles that I, mm-hmm. that I wanted to do so we can maybe remix voices or something. And uh, I, I, there's a reward for that. Oh, wow. Um, I bet a lot of people would like to do that. That's reward. pretty cool. There, there's a lot of different rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I really like that. There's a lot of different rewards like in between these, uh, but there's a special reward that we added yesterday with 10 days left. We added a special reward. It says uh, it's your art in the film. And so it is. You it is, uh, we're able to like... Uh, hang up like pieces of art or like sculptures or something in the actual um, in in the location and so you can see your art in the back of the of the actual film and so uh, we we have that new reward that came out yesterday for 150 dollars and so we already have people um sending in inquiries about that so that's going to be fun Oh man, that's really cool. I love that because I've, I've noticed a lot of people when they watch film too, they'll be like, hey, I really like that picture back there. Who made it? Or like, can I have it? <laughs> and I've even listened, I was listening to a podcast a couple yeah, of months it, ago. Yeah, it'll where be like a little said, gallery. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool. Like you could, you could put that in there. Um, I like that you mentioned that other Kickstarter because there was a, there's a one that I saw specifically for a graphic novel that you um, are making. Uh, can you tell us about that? Because it sounds really amazing. And I think that a story that you're telling with it is really important for people to know about. Yeah. I um, So uh, the one of the producers of this movie, uh, Sam Jimenez, and I, we uh, wrote a, a whole volume of a comic that uh, started out as like, oh, let's do a superhero comic. And it ended out as like this totally different thing that is, um, it's Mayan and Aztec uh, culture inspired. And uh, it's called Quetzalcoatl. It's, it's it revolves around the uh, the Mayan and Aztec god, and it is sort of this like modernized version that takes tenets of like superhero stories. But what it really is, it's 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 an excuse for us to sort of modernize certain myths about uh, ancient uh, Mayan and Aztec stories. And so uh, we, when we were like researching all the all this stuff, we realized that the pantheon and the stories are much bigger than like even Greek mythology, and it's it's much cooler and it's much like more romantic, and it's like it's it's so cool. And so we just wanted to like do that, and a lot of like the stories that are coming up about that uh, in in the the Quetzalcoatl storyline are like adaptions or sequels to. Um, like myths of ancient Mayan and Aztec Mesoamerican stories that are sort of modernized for like this new comic age thing. And so it's, it's really fun. Uh, We have an artist named uh, um, Anna Marie Richardson and she's extraordinary. Uh, She took our like simple quirky ideas and she made it into like artwork and um it's really fun. We we raised like eleven thousand dollars for the whole volume, oh, and wow. um, 
we've we we're we have all the volume written out so now we're just like approving pages uh mm-hmm. getting dialogue together um all that stuff it's taking a little longer just to like covid and stuff and hiccups but uh the first issue's out and we're working on a second issue um but yeah it's it's really cool and um i, I, I in the future i want to do something with that too like maybe like a like a like a pilot to like an animated series or something and, oh, okay. and we can get Camille to work on that, but that, that we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like this story too, because it, it may be a history that belongs to like uh, our culture or uh, a certain group of people, but the stories I think are important for a lot of people to know and um, all the imagination that you can uh, build off of things that are, they're new to some people, you know, and even if we're familiar with some of those histories, some of those stories, the way that you write it or any other platform is going to be new. It's innovative. It's something exciting. And um, that's why when I saw that, I saw some of the drawings, but I wasn't sure who drew those. And uh, the story, I was like, yeah, that's definitely something I didn't draw those. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why when you mentioned that uh, you had an artist, I was like, you did that too? <laughs> Um, but that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all that. And because usually what we do on our show is we always ask everybody, what is their favorite scary movie? Would you like to share with us, both of you, what your favorite scary movie is? Come here, you go first. Um, so super funny, just like quick backstory is Uh like, they've hired a sound designer who like doesn't watch scary movies, which is super cool. Um, (laughs) but I, I love sound design and I'm always open to like punching things up. And like we said earlier, the scariest part of the movie is the sound. And so, um, I just, it'll be a new, like exciting challenge for me to dive into the last film that I did sound design for was a mermaid. So this will be like a totally different world. Um, as far as like, I loved when I heard that the craft was like a huge inspo for this film. Um, and I don't have like the best relationship with that movie, but I have like funny memories because I'm the baby of the family. My sisters are quite a bit older than me. Um, it was the whole like watch the movie. It's not that scary. It'll be fine. Um, oh, no. And that sort of scarred me for life. Um, but it, in, in a great way, I guess, maybe. Who knows? Um, best friend and I tried to watch The House of Wax. Like, however long ago that came out, when we were probably in fourth grade, um, got to the part where Paris Hilton's head got cut off, and we were like, no, we're good. Um, but I'm a big fan of a lot of the, like, darker Marvel series and things like that. Um, so, like, Hellstrom and Legion and Moon Knight and, like, those kinds of things oh, yeah. where I take a lot of my inspiration. Um, yeah, so that's... It's funny. I'm sound designer for a horror movie, but I I'm a big <laughs> but that's scary okay. cat. <laughs> it's because you've been, people have scarred you from it. But um, it's interesting. It's a podcast that talks specifically about what movie scarred you for life. So you could go on there and talk about <laughs> talk about the crap. <laughs> I what about you, Miguel? Um, so I, I always answer like different Game of Thrones movies when people ask mm-hmm. me that question on podcast. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to answer a Game of Thrones movie right now. Even though that would probably be the answer, it would be something between like Devil's Backbone or Pan's Labyrinth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, have you guys ever? Um, this is I'm just, I was just thinking about my Letterbox movies. Have you ever? You guys ever uh, seen House House or Houseu? 
the house the from the eighties Japanese movie. Oh, uh, um, no, no, not the comedy. Okay, <laughs> I was thinking the one the with the cat. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if I've um, seen it. So Haosu is. Let me get the the exact um, date. So Haosu is from 1977, mm-hmm. and it is essentially. Um, it's a haunted house movie that is like, it's sort of like a bonkers, like live action animated haunted house movie because everyone, uh, they go to the house and they all die in like these crazy ways. And it's like, it's, it's pure and utter chaos the, in mm-hmm. the way that this, this director kills all these, all these like girls who are all friends. And so, um, I watched it and I was like, this is the weirdest and craziest thing I've ever seen. And then it ended. And then uh, I watched the criterion for some reason. And for the first time and it kept going. And then the director starts talking. And the first thing to come out of his mouth were like, uh, he went on a trip with his brother or something during uh, the day before Hiroshima. And he lived in Hiroshima Mm -hmm. and he left and then Hiroshima hit, and then when he came back, all of his friends and all of his family were dead. Everyone he'd ever known. And then he made a movie about what it feels like to lose your friends in like in like a nonsense way. So he wanted mm-hmm. to like make a movie about nonsense and and how it feels like to experience nonsense and how it feels like to come out the other end uh, after nonsense. And because he didn't understand it because he was a kid. And so, mm-hmm. like, go, like, and then I, I immediately went back and rewatched the whole movie because it, it 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 is it reads like nonsense of like how how does like something like this exists in the world? It's like someone trying to like uh, take someone trying to take that out of their brain and just splatter it on a canvas, and the canvas is like this really wacky movie that takes tenets of like haunted house like. Uh, I almost said Mary Shelley, uh, Shirley Jackson. Mm-hmm. It, it takes the Shirley Jackson Haunting of Us theme and it just sort of like plays with it like it's played out. And I, I, for some reason, that movie has always stuck in my head of like, oh, like this is this is how you this is how you take like trauma and put it on a screen mm-hmm. and make it feel like brand new or something. It's 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 the weirdest movie I've ever seen, and I recommend it. And it plays kind of like a comedy. Mm-hmm. And so you you don't have to go in it knowing that that World War II thing, even though now you have that in your head. Um, but it plays like a comedy, and I really recommend anyone watch it. Yeah, that's interesting because I I don't think I've heard of it, but I love that you said that because a lot of times we watch things, and we then we look up later like what were what were they thinking before when when they made this film, and that's why I love film so much because it's it's like art it's up for our interpretation but it's also something that somebody made because they were thinking of something or inspired by something it's a story that they want to tell but I love being able to look at it and view it and decide for myself like what is this story and sometimes you don't need to have that background and that's why um, there's so many different 
movies out there that are like um, you can just take it as it is, you know, watch it like we were talking about Eraserhead yesterday. And we're like, you could just take it as this. What is this worm baby? Or you can watch it with the whole other. Is this like a fear of fatherhood movie or um, whatever it may be? That's why I love I can talk about movies all day. But anyway, thank you both for joining us. Um, as you know, everybody who's listening, you can go to nightmaremoviepodcast.com uh, to check out all our episodes. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we put these interviews and anytime that we have people, special guests, you can go check it out on there. And we're on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Nightmare on Fifth. That's Nightmare on 5TH. And our Instagram is at Nightmare movie podcast all right thank you everybody for joining us and thank you so much Miguel and Camille it was really great having you with us thank you for listening to Nightmare on Fifth Street a horror movie podcast if you like what you heard consider hitting that follow button and sharing us with others We also love reviews if that's your thing. And of course, you can always subscribe to our Patreon and on your favorite podcast platform like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Whatever way you choose to support us, whether it's listening, sharing, or subscribing, we are truly grateful. Thank you so much.